Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Alike Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, yeah. how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time agents! Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. And good evening, everyone. Welcome to Sports Beat. You might be listening to us the old-fashioned way, 960 AM WSBT, or the new cool way, on your phone on the WSBT radio app. It's free. What a bargain. Maybe you get what you pay for. <laughs> also at WSBTradio.com, and I'm waving... And all the folks watching us in studio on the Twitch app. I say us because back with me a second straight day is the editor of InsideIndieSports.com, part of the Rivals family. He is Eric Hansen. And yesterday I talked about, sorry, you, you can only hear him, not see him. But what do you know? Now we have a split screenshot. Eric's on the right side. I'm on the left side. You get a great shot of Eric's computer as well. <laughs> you should put advertisement on the back of your computer. That would be perfect right now. But, yeah, if you want to check out what we're doing here in studio, you can watch the video via the Twitch app. Do you have the Twitch app on your phone? Are you cool? I Well, those are two different questions. <laughs> I think I am cool, but I do not have the Twitch app, so I, I need to get it. I think you told your first fib. You're not cool because you were at practice today with it being 100 degrees yeah, and a black that's shirt. The day to put, that's the day to put the camera on me when I've been out sweating. <laughs> with a black practice. shirt. Yeah, with a black shirt on. Did you see the high school team in the East Coast put down field turf and it's black? I did see that. Oh. Uh, I did see that. And speaking oh. of the heat and practice, Notre Dame is being very smart because it's going to be worse tomorrow in terms of the heat and the humidity, they're going an hour earlier just to help beat the heat. And they really kind of cut things off early today, too, so they were doing it smart. Can you remember the days of the two-a-days? No. Where, uh, 
there were some sweaty days for the reporters watching two days. <laughs> I mean, it, it. You know what? We're old and broken, not like the the young players. But the heat can get to you just standing around, especially when you had to do it twice in a day, way back when. Oh boy, those were the days. All right, nine minutes after five o'clock. Eric and Darren with you here on WSBT Radio. Coming up on the program this evening. Since you were last on the program, I created an opening segment that I call the hat trick of opening topics because I'm a hockey geek. How many goals come up with a hat trick? Three. So we have three topics to start the program. So I've got three questions for you in regard to Notre Dame football coming up in a moment. Hope I won't ice the answers. I have no doubt you will not be offside. Uh, We've got some Marcus Freeman comments that we carried over from yesterday focusing on Boy, what could be one of the strong positions on the football team, the cornerback spot? We've got our Twitter question of the day. Six o'clock hour, Rick Peltz, the chairman of Celebration of Hope, is going to rejoin the program as we will talk about the auction items that are available right now. Micah Shrewsbury, the new Notre Dame basketball coach, will be at Blackthorne on Tuesday for the annual Coaches versus Cancer Golf Tournament. So a lot of things going on. Rick will have the update Coming up at 6.06, the Notre Dame opponent preview today shifts to the Ohio State University Buckeyes. No C.J. Stroud. What a weird year for the Buckeyes. They lose to Michigan for a second straight year and were seconds away from maybe winning the national championship if they beat Georgia. They would have beaten TCU, right? After what we saw from the Horned Frogs. Right. But they were so close to having... Going from Jason or Jason Day, Ryan, yeah, I'm in golf mode. I'm sorry, Ryan Day. He should be fired after losing to Michigan, to almost winning the national championship in just about a month span. But the Buckeyes will be here in South Bend. That's going to be a lot of fun. So we will take a look at boy, a loaded Ohio State skill position group. I know they have a new quarterback, but Eric. You look at the depth of talent that they have. At their main positions, I mean, it's it's remarkable. The running back position goes three or four deep like Notre Dame. And you could argue they have the best one-two wide receiver duel in the country. I know a new quarterback, but maybe still. Maybe one, two, three. Well, true. Maybe even four. <laughs> They're so good. Yeah. And their defensive line could be really, really good. But I'm wondering how good their offensive line is going to be. They lost some key parts. I'll be curious to see about the old Buckeyes up front. That'll be a good challenge for that Notre Dame front. So we'll have a Buckeye preview coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. We'll have a little sizzler coming up at the end of the program here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, let's get to our hat trick of opening topics. The first of three topics, Mr. Hansen. No Michael Mayer for the Irish this year at tight end. He is now running around as a Las Vegas Raider. So, no Michael Mayer. Today was tight end day at the podium after Notre Dame practice, and it seemed like there was like 20 tight ends to talk to, but there were five guys that spent some time with the media. Do you believe that the Notre Dame football team without Michael Mayer this year could be more bullpen by committee using different guys depending on what you're looking for, or do you believe one or two guys might separate themselves from the rest of the tight end competition? I think you'll have four guys that are really your core out of those six. There's the one person that didn't get thrown to the media today was Davis Sherwood. 
um, who's kind of more of a fullbackish type tight end. Um, he's, he's he'll be with the Swiss Army Knife. Group. He, he's the Swiss Army Knife group. But they had Mitchell Evans, Holden Stays, Eli Reardon, Kevin Bauman, and Cooper Flanagan. Cooper is the true freshman um, tight end, and then the other four all played a little bit last year at least. Kevin Bauman and Eli Reardon were copycats. They each tore their ACL, um, and so each of them are coming back from that. Kevin Bauman is the oldest tight end on the roster, a senior in in school, a junior by eligibility. He seems to be back, and but he's he's had a lot of injury. Both Eli Reardon and Kevin Bauman, because the year before, Bauman was, had a injury. Um, that kept him out almost the entire 2021 season where he got hurt in the opener against Florida State, and then he didn't come back until November. Um, Eli's had two ACLs in less than a year's time. So so let's start with um, Mitchell Evans. Mitchell Evans is tight end one, I believe, right now, and a solid tight end one. I don't think from a talent separation there's – a big difference between Evans and the other people on this list that we were talking about, but from a experience and skill set and health standpoint, Evans is tight end one, uh, former high school quarterback. And then Holden stays Rarden and Bauman. I think if you ask me who had the high, who has the highest ceiling, I'd say Eli Rarden still. It feels like we know who Bauman is. Right. He's the safest right. pick. Right. He's he's a good guy in the red zone. He does everything pretty well, but again, I think his progress has been hurt a little bit, but I mean, he's a he's a good leader, you know, I, I and they're all about, I mean, they're fairly similar in size now. They used to not be holding stays, used to be in the 220s. He's 242 now, 6 foot 4. Eli Reardon is 67, so he's a little bit longer. Um, Mitchell Evans was a high school quarterback. Uh, but I would say when Eli Reardon is healthy, he's the, he's the most talented of them. I had a chance to talk to him a little bit today before I spent time with Jared Parker, the tight ends coach and offensive coordinator. And what Eli told me was that they're being more conservative with the ACL than he was maybe the last time. And right. it's the same ACL. Mm. It, it, he said it, it's different surgeries, though. They can use different um, tissue from parts of your body. They used a hamstring last time. They used a patella tendon yeah. this time uh, to repair it. So he said the recoveries are different. Bottom line is he's about a month away, he thinks, from being 100% and he's not pushing it. So we're probably not going to see him do a lot of reps in in early September and late August in Ireland. We'll probably maybe see Eli more, but they'll play multiple tight ends. I mean, those guys are all capable, but Mitchell Evans is the guy, I think, tight end one. I'm going gonna... to turn this into such a long segment with a long answer. So. That's okay, but I'm going to jump in because you mentioned toward the end you still think they'll use multiple tight ends, and we'll see what Jared Parker yeah. wants to do with the offense, but based on the running back room you have mm-hmm. and the flexibility you have that 
a group of guys that are going to be really good at catching the football. So you can have two running back sets if you'd like to at times or use a running back out as a wide receiver. You've got an interesting group of wide receivers, older and young, and maybe it could be Merriweather, Thomas, and Tyree, the first three out there on the field for the Navy game. So there's a lot of good skill. I was kind of curious how much they would use two tight ends this year because you're going to take someone very talented off the field when you bring on that extra tight end. Now, I know in short-yarded situations, let's throw that aside, but I'm talking about first and ten, second down and seven. Do you think they will use multiple tight ends? That's one thing I was kind of curious to find out. I don't think that um, Jared Parker wants to tip his hand. He He's pretty guarded about non-public information and I think it's one of the reasons why we see the open practices that we do we saw a lot of two tight ends in the practices practice that we saw yesterday but it was because they were in the red zone I think okay I think this this is my read on it Darren is that I believe that Jared Parker wants to use all those things he wants to have all those in his his backpack Tommy Reese lived on the multiple tight end sets. A lot of places on the field that you wouldn't necessarily do it, but that really was the strength of their team. Now they have really good wide receivers. They have running backs where you can play two at a time and you can mess around with the formation because if you put Jadarian Price or Jeremiah Love out wide, they're as dangerous as a wide receiver from a speed standpoint and a pass-catching skill standpoint. So, yeah, he wants all those toys, and he wants to find your weakness and, and use it against you. And Tommy, using those two tight end sets, had a batch, a batch of NFL tight ends, too, yeah. to work with. Now, we'll wait and see how good these guys end up being, but the group that Tommy had more proven than what we have right now right. with these guys. Well, and you didn't have maybe – explosive wide receivers at least True. not in a whole yeah a whole bunch of them you didn't even have a whole bunch of any wide receivers last year you didn't have a quarterback for 10 starts that could get the ball down the field Oof. in the deep passing game so the wide receivers like Tobias Merriweather they become much more dangerous they had very good running backs last year but some of these younger running backs and the transfer from Penn State Devin Ford they're just so much more versatile in what they're able to do in the passing game. It's really interesting. I I can't wait to see how this looks, you know, against a really good defense. And they're going to face some really good defenses yeah. this year, more really good defenses than good offenses. Bonus question. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which of the preseason magazines had the quote from another coach in college football. Might have been Athlon. Can't remember which. But a coach, which goes unnamed in these magazines, said Michael Mayer was out of shape last year. Are you shocked by somebody thinking that? I would want to have what he's drinking. Yeah. (laughs) It was a strange comment. Just very, very odd. That is really odd. Yeah. Okay. Hat trick of opening topics number two. Let's go to the running back room for a moment. You've got a freshman by the name of Jeremiah Love who – dazzled a little bit in practice yesterday when you've got a running back room with Estime, Price, Ford, and Payne now you got Love entering the mix as well 
He's got some explosive tools at the running back position. How does he fit into this running back room in year number one here in South Bend? With a nice shoehorn. I mean, you're you're thinking, okay, let's bring in a freshman and we'll redshirt him. Well, that's not going to happen. So, And if you want to play along with us with the depth chart, you can go to InsideNDSports.com. Yep. Go to the – at the very top, there's – bunch of different categories you want to go on the football tab and there's a depth chart drop down menu yeah. just click on that it's free you can follow along with us um so so we have you look at this and there's not a lot of college carries or at least not a lot of notre dame carries mm -hmm. on this roster you have Audrick Estime, who was almost a thousand yards rusher six foot 233 junior this will be his last year at notre dame he told me in a one-on-one -on -one interview in june um, Jadarian Price coming off a an Achilles injury, 5'10", 206 sophomore, missed all of last season. Jabron Payne, 5'9", 208-pound sophomore, had a little bit of playing time, um, not enough to burn his redshirt year. Devin Ford, a former top 40 recruit that went to Penn State, didn't give Notre Dame really the time of day, although they would have loved to have hmm. him, 5'11", 200. Uh, he brings elite speed and really good in the special teams. And then Jeremiah Love, you're like, well, what's six foot one ninety seven high school kid from St. Louis? He's a road runner. <laughs> so out of that group, who do you love the most? <laughs> um, I mean, there's high ceilings for. I mean, if I were drafting, I would draft estimate because I know what I'm getting. If I were drafting number two, I would not be unhappy getting Jeremiah Love. Um, I do think Jadarian Price is special. But, I do too. Um, Jeremiah Love, we have listed as fifth. There's very little difference between two and five. Wow. And again, when people were worried about wide receiver depth, if you really get in trouble, Jeremiah Love, you can put him out at wide receiver and he'll do a very good job with that. So that's where he fits in. Um, Dylan McCullough is very good at being able to play multiple running backs, and I think he'll figure this out. Uh, Jadarian Price would have played a lot last year with Diggs and Estime, so um, so we're going to see them used in different ways. It's interesting. When Logan Diggs was out of spring practice, Jabron Payne kind of became Logan Diggs on the practice right. field. First day of fall camp has a couple of touchdowns continues to do everything that he needs to do but it feels like he continues to fall down the depth chart you know yeah <laughs> he keeps doing stuff but oh there's this guy and there's this guy yeah. and there's this upside or this new young guy he's just kind of caught in the crossfire right now right and he's in the gong show for return uh positions too <laughs> as are some of these other guys i mean ford and price and love um so yeah, Jabron Payne, very talented kid. Um, probably would have been much more highly recruited had he not been injured in high school as much. I mean, has legit track speed. He was committed to Indiana. Then when Dylan McCullough went from Indiana to Notre Dame, he was like, hmm, I think I'll go to Notre Dame too. And and they, at, time, at that time, needed the numbers. I'd say the difference between Logan Diggs and these other guys – I think there's higher potential for these guys, 
But Logan Diggs was a guy that you could count on. You knew what he was going to do in a big game. Yep. You, you knew you were always going to get, if he was healthy, you were going to get a pretty good performance. The guy was fearless. So they'll miss that part of it, but uh, there is a lot of talent. Where did Payne and McCullough come from? Indiana. Thank you very much. You mispronounced it. The I first did time. mispronounce yeah. it. Yes. The Don Fisher pronunciation. And if only Gene Gene the dancing machine was still around, we could bring him out for the gong show on special teams. That would be really special. We got more stuff for you coming up in a moment. I wonder if, uh, like, people, Tyler James H. Tyler's my business partner and co-publisher at Inside Indy Sport. I wonder if he knows what the gong show is. I bet he does. Chuck Barris, right, was the host? Yeah. Yeah. More stuff? Yeah. He's an interesting bird. You read about him, he had an interesting life, to say the least. But that's when game shows were game show, the match game and, and the gong show. All right, our third topic for our opening segment, let's go to the Fighting Irish defense for a moment. And I'm going to focus on two newcomers. Who do you think will have the bigger impact on the defense this year? The kid coming from Oklahoma State. Thomas Harper could play nickel, could play safety, or the guy who comes from Rhode Island. Antonio Carter played corner at RIU, but is looked more upon, I think, as a safety right. at the Power 5 level. So who's going to impact this year's defense more, Harper or Carter? Well, if you based it on how coveted they were in the transfer portal, you'd say Carter in a heartbeat. Everybody was... Uh, you know, he was going to LSU in Florida had he finished his Notre Dame visit and not said, waved the car away and said, I'm not going to LSU. And, <laughs> and there were a lot of big-time schools. Thomas Harper, not as much. Um, so the question is, do you have alternatives to either one of them? R really, at both positions, you do have some depth. And now, as we're starting to see Ben Minnick in fall yeah. camp after his thumb injury in spring – we're seeing a little bit more depth at the safety position. So then who's really the better player then? Since there's opportunity for each of them to be a starter mm -hmm. um, and there's depth at their position, it appears, um, you know, because we believe Harper will play nickel more than anything else. I think Carter still is the more skilled player. Uh, Harper may be up to speed on the competition a little bit more. Um, I want to see about halfway through training camp where that stands. But when you look at Carter's film, it's better than Harper's film. I mean, Carter, and you look at his stats, I mean, he had a lot of tackles, and not because somebody beat him on a pass play and he was tackling him 20 yards downfield. He was getting into the backfield. He was great in run support. Uh, I was really impressed by him. So I like Carter better. But I think Harper is more Power 5 ready. And so we'll just see how that plays out in this camp. We'll see if Clarence Lewis tries to steal that nickel job away right. from and Thomas Harper. People that just drove off the road when you said that because Clarence Thomas – or Clarence Thomas. Clarence, <laughs> stop it. Clarence Lewis <laughs> is, is a guy that people can't get past his uh, bowl game against Oklahoma State where he just got torched. And I think he's come back well from that. And he's really looked pretty good at that nickel spot. And he's really the number two uh, option there. So I, I'd say give Clarence a reboot on his uh, 
on what you think his capabilities might be. I'm not setting the depth chart. I'm just saying Clarence Lewis is trying to push Thomas Harper right. at the nickel spot. And you know what? If Lewis beats him out, that's a really good sign. Well, and he's he's got, you know, I think Notre Dame likes safeties at the nickel spot now. Yep. I mean, they had Tariq Bracey there last year. But you look at the people that they have at nickel, and Ramon Henderson is somebody that they've looked at there. I'm trying to get down to my nickel. Um, Ryan Barnes, who's yep. a big corner, 6'2", 190. Ramon Henderson is now 6'1", 196. But Clarence Lewis is six foot two oh two. He's actually the biggest nickel. He's bigger than the safeties that are playing nickel. So um I it I like the fact that the that there's a little bit more physicality to these nickels because sometimes you get chewed up in the run game when you were yeah. in nickel so much. Tariq Bracey was fantastic in coverage and as he got to be an older player he is better in run support. But I can remember there was a game against Pittsburgh, there was some running back who was trying to tackle, and I mean, it, it looked like a kid on piggyback riding on somebody's <laughs> back. It was entertaining. You said Clarence Thomas. I'm waiting for the first time I call Antonio Carter Anthony Carter. Okay. Because it looks like Anthony when you glance down at Antonio, and of course, Anthony the great Michigan wide receiver wearing good old number one back in the 80s. He's easier for me because I have a son named Antonio. There you go. That's much easier for you. All right. <laughs> One thing I just want to point out, not trying to set off an alarm, the blue light special, whatever the case may be, but we're waiting to get a little more information. But the Irish practice today, we didn't see Dion Colsey out there. Doesn't mean anything bad, but I think it was noticeable that a guy that is fighting for playing time at the wide receiver spot wasn't on the practice field today. So we'll just not jump to conclusions and wait and see, right? That's right. We'll wait and see. Um, you know, we asked around about it. I, Tyler James is working on that angle today to just see. But as far as the people that kind of set up the media or liaisons with the media, they didn't think there was anything out, you know, outrageous. They, you know, school finished last week. Some people had some academic things that they needed to take care of this week still. So that could have been, but we will definitely have it on our website as soon yeah. as we know what happened. And people didn't see Jalen Sneed early in the practice. He was visible yeah. late in the practice when we came back to do interviews and so forth. I don't blame him for not coming today. It was hot. <laughs> That's right. I'm sure he made that yeah. decision. <laughs> well, so. Sorry, Coach. I'm going to sleep in a little bit. It's just too hot. <laughs> yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I wanted to say, oh, it's well, too hot. He's a South Carolina boy. I think he can he can handle that humidity. That's true. All right, 532. That's our hat trick of opening topics. He's Eric Hansen, the editor, inside IndieSports.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. We will dig into the cornerback position for Notre Dame. Wow, a lot to be excited about there. And the cornerback group probably will have a big say in how Al Golden runs his defense this year. We'll keep the conversation going on Notre Dame football when Eric and I return. Budweiser's weekday sports beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT radio app. I um, uh, just was able to check in with Tyler James, who was working on this, so we hadn't communicated before okay. I came to the station. 
it sounds like he had a migraine and he sat out oh. because of that. So, um, so there we have we have the mystery solved. I used to have those things. I'll never forget my last migraine. It's so easy to remember. It was my birthday, and let me see if you can figure out what happened on this famous day. Well, I, I know your birthday's close to mine, so I know what month it is. It would be October 14th, 2003. What happened in sports history that night? I'm laying in bed with this awful migraine, lights off. Someone comes in and whispers to me, this just happened. The Cardinals got swept in the World Series. The Bartman game. Oh, no. I, I, I mean, I'm out of it with the migraine, and I hear... Somebody hit a ball, a fan touched it, the Marlins scored eight runs. I'm like, okay, whatever, fine. And then, of course, the next morning when I try to piece it all together, what happened? Bartman? Who's Bartman? <laughs> so we go from Dion Colsey to Bartman. That's right. Yeah, that's my last migraine. I'm Thankfully, that was my last one, but I'll never forget it. It was birthday night and Bartman night. 534 at WSBT. Dame football coverage continues now. And a diving catch by Notre Dame. Benjamin Morrison. Three interceptions on the day. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Intercepted on the 45-yard line. So Reek Bracey. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. He will score. 10-5 touchdown. Benjamin Morrison. 95 yards out. It is 20 minutes in front of 6 o'clock. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, for 13 years, Folds of Honor. And Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations to serve you. Barnaby's, the family inn. By Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. I didn't have your mic on. I'm sorry. Okay. Indiana. Thank you. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at FeedIndiana.org. See, I'm not used to having someone in studio. i got to take care of everybody's mics now. <laughs> And by... And get me a cup of coffee, please. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Mr. Smales. And Bowler's Country Club inviting everyone to their 38th annual corn and sausage roast this Saturday. See, they should just bring the recruits out to that rather than having their own grill and chill. The Irish could just go out there for a little corn and sausage roast. How about a fresca? There you go. Yeah, perfect. That is a Goes recruiting, perfect. That is a recruiting event on Sunday. Yep. With a lot of 2025s, and we should mention at practice today, Deuce Knight, Deuce. the quarterback from Mississippi, Notre Dame's top target in the 2025 class. Uh, they're trying to close in on a commitment from him, and we'll see how realistic it is after this visit. If not, Bear Bachmeyer is in the crosshairs now. Bear is a um, quarterback from California whose older brother played for Boise State for four years. He's transferred to Louisiana Tech. He also has a brother named Tiger, who's a wide receiver at Stanford, and a little brother named Bucky. 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 Okay. 
So they have lots of animal names. I guess so. The, the oldest brother, Hank, does not have one, and he went through the whole reason why. So, But uh, really interesting kids. So they've got two very good 2025s okay. that they're pursuing. Deuce Knight was wearing number two, I believe, today on a picture on social media in a Notre Dame jersey. Perfect. Let's talk about the Irish cornerback position for a couple of moments, Eric. And you look at the depth chart, and it's really exciting to see the starting corners that you have. I'm not great with history and comparing, but it feels like it's been a few years since, Hmm. on paper, you feel like you have two high-end corners that could be cornerstones for this 2023 Fighting Irish defense. You've got the boundary cornerback that's the short side of the field where there's not as much space you got cam hart there and then the field corner which is the wide side of the field you've got the sensation from last year benjamin morrison and you've got two backups that you feel pretty good about Jaden mickey and clarence lewis so this is a really interesting group of corners and that's without throwing in a guy like maybe thomas harper to help out in some capacity if they have some injuries. Antonio Carter's done it at Rhode Island. But this is a really unique group. And here was Marcus Freeman talking to the media just about how special this cornerback group could be. It could be pretty good, really special. Um, you know, you look at Cam Hart, who's a veteran. You know, he's probably – I mean, he's made a huge jump in a year. And, and I'm just saying a guy that has been a starter, he's made a, a huge, huge jump this summer just in terms of um, – his work ethic off the field, I think his film study, I mean, he's made a huge jump. Benjamin Morrison, we know, had a great year last year, um, has, has done some really good things. Clarence Lewis's experience, um, you know, and then Jaden Mickey's experience. And so as I challenge Coach Mickens a little bit, Clarence Lewis will play some nickel for us, right? So who will be that next corner? We know Jaden Mickey will be there, right? Who's going to be that next corner to emerge? Is it a Christian Gray, a Micah Bell, and one of those young guys, Ryan Barnes, Chance Tucker? Somebody's got to emerge as that fourth quarter when we're in nickel. And I mentioned Morrison just, you could argue, came out of nowhere last year. When you think about the recruiting trail, there wasn't much buzz about Morrison. I don't think, Eric, there was a lot of buzz on Morrison going into fall camp. And this kid took over and had a tremendous freshman season. Coach Freeman was asked about, now a brand new year, what's sort of the next step for Morrison? I think you what I've talked to Ben about is that there is no finish line, right? And, and his goal is probably as a freshman to come in and play for Notre Dame. Well, he ended up starting. Well, you just set a new – you end up being a freshman All-American. You just set new challenges. And for him, it's it's – what's the next challenge for you, you know? How much are you going to continue to improve at your craft? And I think the greatest example for him is his father who played in the NFL for many years. And just that, hey, you you don't stop getting better. Right. One of the things I talk to the group about is challenge everything. You guys have heard me say that plenty of times. Well, what does that really mean to you, Benjamin Morrison? It's a growth mindset. Like, are you going to come in every day and choose hard and, 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 and do the things it takes to become a better football player? Because there isn't a finish line, right? There, there isn't a finish line. You just have to have constant improvement, and that's what he focuses on. Cam Hartz, it just seems like he's always dealt with an injury along the way. Morrison was awesome last year. If Cam Hart is healthy – Put your shoes in an offensive coordinator, your feet in an offensive coordinator's shoes for a moment and think about who you're going to pick on. It's a tough choice. I mean, Cam Hart at 6'3", playing corner, you don't see that every day, and Morrison just was a ball hawk last year. You have to pick your poison a little bit. 
Yeah, and it's not good poison. Um, (laughs) I mean, I think you're hoping that somebody gets matched up on a linebacker, and even then I think you're starting to see linebackers that can match up better. Like Jay Nosberry's a guy that I love the way that he covers and his instincts and so forth. Um, But but back to the corners, of the young guys, my favorite by far is Christian Gray. I think Christian Gray's going to be eventually – we're going to be talking about him in the same breath as like Kim Hart and Benjamin Morrison. I think he's going to be that good as he gets older. Um, and then Micah Bell is really intriguing because he's uh, he's a sprinter from Texas, and they don't have he plays in a or he competes in a league that doesn't lead to a state championship. It's a private school league. So he can only go to his conference championship, but otherwise you would have seen him in the state finals in a lot of sprint events and so forth. He's he can fly, but he's little. He's 5'10", 173, So, you know, he's not going to tackle Audric Estime every time right now. But <laughs> not many want to. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Gray and knowing some of the movies. Is it fair to say when he makes a good defensive play, Gray handcuffed the opposition? <laughs> See where I went there? Okay. You don't get it? No. Okay. I'll explain about Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, I, I, there you go. I know the movie, but I know that. I even mentioned, um, oh, well, I even mentioned that <laughs> title one time, and somebody thought that was inappropriate that I mentioned it. And what? Not in a context, just saying there was a movie called that, and they think that was thought that was very inappropriate. I don't know. I don't think I was inappropriate making that comment. I don't think you if were. If I hurt someone's feelings, I'm sorry. Hey, we're on camera so they can see that we're sincere about that. That's exactly right. On the Twitch app. That's right. On the Twitch app, you get everything. You get my handwritten depth chart when we're talking about things. We're so not like, going to be able to do the hand signals anymore that we go. It's <laughs> oh, we will. I might as well tell the story really quick. I mean, back in the day, I'm glad there wasn't a camera because there was just this bit, and I don't know how we got on it, but when Coach Kamel used to co-host the show way back when, when Tyrone was here, okay. and he would talk about Tyrone, he, he would take his pen and put it over his lip like his mustache, <laughs> and no one else would see it except me. And I would just start laughing. And just, I'm just glad there wasn't a camera back then, but people probably, what is he laughing about? Coach is being serious right now. Okay, That's my be- best story of not having a camera was Tom Noy and I were doing the show when you were on vacation, and there was a producer and um, oh, I, somebody we had a guest on that was talking about something, and then all of a sudden he does this, he crosses <laughs> his arms, and we didn't know what that meant. I thought, is that a flagrant foul? I mean, do we get the free throw and, a, and the ball out of bounds? So I wasn't sure I've what to do. About this story. We've never used that hand signal ever on the show. <laughs> yeah. So when you told me, what does cross X mean? I have no idea. <laughs> I, to this day, I don't know what it means. But, oh, gosh. Yeah. Maybe you're talking about Fifty Shades of Grey and it was X-rated conversation. <laughs> yeah. He put up the X. I don't know. <laughs> All right. We got to take a break. We'll get to the Twitter question of the day coming up next. He's Eric Hansen, editor of InsideIndieSports.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. We're back with more nonsense in a moment here on WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 
six minutes in front of six o'clock. Sportsbeat continues. I'm Darren Pritchett with the editor of InsideIndieSports.com, Eric Hansen. Our Twitter question of the day is found every weekday on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. Yesterday, what's that? Your X account. It's called X now. Oh, that's right. Yes, this is our X question of the day. Good grief. Yesterday, we asked if you had access, or excess maybe, in honor of the new Twitter, to the first day of Notre Dame training camp, what position group or what area of the field would you have sat down near and watched? Your four choices, quarterbacks, receivers, linebackers, or you just stand next to Marcus Freeman. Do not talk to him. He's working. You can stand right next to him. Here are the results. Not many people interested in the linebackers, although it's a fun group with all those young pups. Jalen Sneed and the crew only got 3% of the vote. Okay. Third place in the voting, the receiver group. Again, a lot of interesting Young and old there. Okay. 7.6%. All right. Second in the voting, 25.8% want to hang out with Sam Hartman, Steve Angeli, Kenny Minchie, and the quarterbacks. Okay. And winning the vote easily, just standing next to Marcus Freeman. Just standing there, 63.6% of the vote. Although you have to move around quite a bit. The first day he was with the offensive line a long time. He was, and he... He would be interesting just to kind of hear his comments and so forth. That would have that was my vote. I actually voted in the poll. Second straight day, he had the players kneel down for a visit, and he was very emotional. Taste like he was sending a pretty strong message to the guys today. Yeah, it was interesting. Pete Byrne from WSBT TV and I were standing next to each other, and he noted that he just. Pete really noticed a different demeanor in Marcus. He was emphatic in his comments. Yeah. Very. Using his hands. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. We thank you for voting. And now, oh, by the way, how did you vote? I voted for standing next to Marcus Freeman. Which you've done many times, but still, good information. Right. I I mean, what I did was I watched a lot of different position groups, um, but it was closest to the answer of Marcus Freeman. I wasn't always where he was. Bonus question. Would you sit next to Charles Nelson Riley or Richard Dawson on match game? Or Fanny Flag. <laughs> I think Charles Nelson Riley would have had more kind of under his breath jokes than Richard Dawson. Yeah, Richard took with the it pipe pretty smell, seriously. Though. That's true, but yeah. Richard took it so seriously. But he was good, and all the women wanted to play. Yeah. You know, when it was the one-on-one challenge, Richard always got picked. always got picked. All right, to today's Twitter slash X question of the day: If we all agree that Jordan Batello will lead Notre Dame in sacks in 2023. There's a very good chance that will happen. We'll use that as the parameter for this question. So from these four players, what is your best guess to who will be second on the team in sacks? So who's number two behind Patello? Here are your choices. First off, we have Nana Osafa Mensa, defensive end. Choice number two from Ohio State. You do the French version so much better. You want to give it a shot? Javante Jean-Baptiste. Thank you very much. Your third choice from the interior, Riley Mills. Aha. Or your fourth choice. This is the wild card. And it goes back to the corners that Notre Dame has. You might be able to bring 
some linebacker blitzes this year to get a little more pressure. So we threw Jack Kaiser as the fourth choice. So Osafa Mensa, Jean Baptiste, Mills, or Kaiser, who has the best chance to be number two behind Patello in sacks this year? You can vote right now on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. We'll bring you the results on tomorrow's program, and Eric will offer his choice as well. I'll tell you this. Okay. Um, I hung, We were in practice for five sweaty periods today after the stretching, and I was with the defensive line for four of those five. And the linebackers were in with the defensive line for at least three of those mm. four periods working on pass rush skills. Hmm. Not How surprised. about a fresca? <laughs> Not surprised. Yeah. Not surprised at all. So let me give you, since you were with the defensive lineman today, let me give you an over-under for Jordan Patello sacks this year. Okay? Okay. Over he had four and a half as a part-time player Okay, last so year. let's go over-under. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. Oh, man, that's kind of the perfect number. You know what? I'm I'm going over. Okay, you're all in then. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see rotation at that position. But Jordan, given the amount of snaps he played last year to get four and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Let me start the theme music. Now, give us a couple of things that we should watch out for on your website, InsideIndieSports.com. Well, we had today... We had uh, video highlights of, uh, of the practice. We have um, comparisons of some of the recruits in Notre Dame's class to people that are in the pros. We had a practice report. I did a transcript of what Jared Parker had to say, the offensive coordinator, tight ends coach. Tyler Ravel feature a little later on, and I'll have a notebook from the tight ends in the morning. Very good. All coming up at Inside indiesports.com Good to be with you once again. I guess we'll try this again next Wednesday. How about that? That sounds great. He's Eric Hansen. I'm Darren Pritchett. We've got another hour sports beat coming up in a couple of moments. I'll be joined by Rick Peltz to talk about Celebration of Hope, an update on everything that's happening next week as Micah Shrewsbury, the Notre Dame basketball coach, takes part in these activities for the first time including the Coaches versus Cancer Golf Tournament. That's coming up in just a couple of moments and also on the way in Ohio State Football Preview here on WSBT. Barnaby. It is 10 minutes after 6 o'clock. Welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, hour number two of the program. My name is Darren Pritchett. Thank you so much for stopping by. Well, Monday and Tuesday, two very important dates on the calendar. Celebration of Hope 2023. We've got activities coming up on Monday night at Four Winds Casino Hotel in South Bend and the annual Coaches versus Cancer Golf Tournament at Blackthorn coming up on Tuesday. With all the details and how you can get involved in helping to support our Celebration of Hope, Spearheaded by new Notre Dame basketball coach Micah Shrewsbury is the chairman of Celebration of Hope, Rick Peltz. Rick, good to be with you. How are you today, sir? 
I'm well, Darren. Always good to be with you. Thanks for the opportunity to be with you. You bet. Thank you so much. And even though it was, well, let's face it, it's football season around these parts. You checked out a little basketball today? I did. You know, I, 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 uh, I know football practice began, but, you know, basketball never ends. And, and no. the, the guys are preparing and they're learning and the summer is for teaching. And, and that's what they're doing a lot of stuff over there. They're teaching and, and it's great. It's great to watch. I think we need to sell programs this year because this is a year actually we need a program. It seems like the last three, four years we know the team, but whole different story with a new batch of fighting Irish coming in and, and sometimes new and kind of feels like it's it's a brand new start and optimism is high. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, don't, I don't know all the guys either. I'm, I'm learning just like everyone else, and, and it's going to be a refreshing start, and, and our fans will, will see some yep. young, energetic, guys out there learning a new system and and like i said uh coach shrewsbury is a tactician he's a teacher and uh mm -hmm. he's, he's out there teaching these kids and it's it's great it's a it's great to watch no doubt about it okay let's get down to business rick first off let me give the website and this is an important piece of the puzzle if you're listening to this interview and you want to find out more information cvc celebration of hope Dot org. Again, cvcceleborationofhope.org. That website will answer a lot of your questions. But, Rick, let's go ahead and go through what people can expect next week and how they can get involved in being a part of this great charity. First of all, why don't you just give a quick synopsis, CVC Celebration of Hope. How would you define what this week is all about and the type of individuals who benefit from a week like this? That's a great question, Darren. So Celebration of Hope consists of two events. Uh, Monday night is our Night of the Stars event where we honor four people in the community. And these people could be cancer survivors or people that are, that are afflicted with cancer or researchers or someone in the medical field. So we honor four people, um, and it's a very, very powerful evening. And uh, and then Tuesday is the fun part. It, well, they're fun. They're both fun. But Tuesday is the is the relaxing part of the of the golf outing at Blackthorn. And the way people can get involved is our silent auction. It's it's online right now. We have 38 or 39 items. So a lot of the items that we have out there are items that you can't buy anywhere. Uh, so that's the way to get involved. And the link to that silent auction is on the website that you just. Um, announced, which is cvcceleborationofhope.org, and that's the way to get involved. Um, you know, we're, we're, our golf outing is sold out, uh, which is great. We're actually oversold a little bit, which is okay, too. Um, <laughs> and we're going to have, um, you know, over 300 people coming into our Night of the Stars, which is, you know, again, oversold. We, we expected 200, 225, and we've had a, an unbelievable response. So, all the information is on the website, and, you know, again, if somebody wants to get involved for our Night of the Stars or the golf outing for next year, I would say as soon as our event is over, hit that website and get your name in there and, and get on the list. We'd love to, have you, love to have the support. And, Rick, it's always important to note with the money raised, most of the money stays right here in the South Bend area. It does. You know, cancer is going to be cured by research. That That's one thing that I, you know, in my, this is my 12th year chairing this event, and research is what's going to cure cancer. And our money goes to research. Uh, Harper Cancer Research on the campus University of Notre Dame has researchers that we actually support and we, we, we fund, which is really powerful. 
And that's where the majority of this money goes. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people think, oh, American Cancer Society, national mm-hmm. company, or national business, our money. No, it's, the, most of it stays right here. 80% of our money stays right here in Michigan, and we fund researchers at the Harper Cancer Research, which is on the campus of the university. So that's, it's really powerful that the money stays here. And I just want to mention to our listeners that if you can't be at Night of the Stars or be a part of the golf tournament, if you just want to help support this cause on the website, cbcceleborationofhope.org, there are places where you can just make a financial donation to the cause. And last year, Rick, it was a record-breaking year for Celebration of Hope. It was. We raised $415,000 last mm. year. It puts us in the top five golf uh, coaches versus cancer golf events in the country. So this, just think about that. I mean, we're in South Bend, Indiana, and this is the, you know, the fifth or sixth largest golf, coaches versus cancer golf event in the country. Really powerful in what it says for the people in Michigan and how they support this event. And we're hoping to break that record again. Why don't we just for a second, Rick, mention – a couple of the interesting items that are up for bid right now in the silent auction. I remember when you were on earlier this month, you passed along the information that there are passes to day one of the French Open, and that really caught my attention. That's a brand-new, cool event that, well, you're not going to find that anywhere else than auction like this. So that's really, really cool. But give me a couple of items that stands out to you that people should take a look at. Well, if you're a golf fan, we have tickets to the PGA Championship in Louisville, Kentucky next year, which is which is great. Um, Medina, which is a uh, very very popular golf course, I think it's it's uh, been the host of, of several major events, not major events, but several PGA events. We have so you can golf at Medina's Country Club, which is uh, very unique. It's hard you know, you can't get on that course. Uh, what else? We have. Another new item, season tickets to Broadway in, in South Bend this year, which was a new item for us. Um, what else? We got dinner with Father Pete, Father Pete McCormick. <laughs> I don't know if you know Father yeah. Pete. He's the basketball priest, and he's very, very popular in Notre Dame. You can have dinner with him if you'd like for the right price. Um, one of the different items this year is we have a private chef will come to your house and mm. cook dinner for you, which is a, kind of a cool item. So, yeah, we've got a lot of different variety items on our list. Like I said, it's all on the website. Uh, we've got, like I said, 38, 39 items. One of the more popular items, which we've had before, are two tickets to the Final Four. Uh, very hard to get. Um, they're great seats. Always a very popular item, except this year it comes with airfare and hotel. Mm. So it's a pretty good package, and that's gonna that's that's been bid on a lot already. Our, our auction's been live for since last Monday, this past Monday, and we have a lot of bids on that item. And you can check out all the bids. If you'd like to bid, go to cvcceleborationofhope.org. Chairman Rick Peltz is my guest here on WSBT Radio. Well, for years I've said this, and I truly mean it, that Coaches versus Cancer Golf Tournament is the premier golf tournament in the area. And I would like for you for a moment, Rick, just for people that may want to be in this next year, the year after, whatever the case may be, this is a great opportunity if you're a business person to take some clients out, take family members, just friends to go out and play. It is just so much fun, but it's not just a golf tournament. It, it just feels like, Rick, there's always so many different things going on, food on the golf course. It's just a very unique event. 
It is, Darren, and I appreciate that. We try every year to uh, refresh it and make it uh, not stale. We uh, we have the shopping tent experience, which I think is pretty unique. So every golfer gets a, a gift card, and we have a little shopping area set up where you can get uh, you know golf clubs or apparel or shoes or other things out there. Uh, we do have uh, a, a great lunch. It's not just hamburgers and hot dogs. We do a really top top flight lunch for our for our guests. And yes, we. We have a lot of people in the community that support us by being on the course. You know, Martin's Supermarket has their food truck on the course, and mm. Bonefish Grill will be out there, and Portillo's Restaurant. So you get to sample a lot of what Michigan restaurants um, are doing for us out, out there, and, and that's always powerful and really good for our guests. And, and you know, yeah, we've always said that uh, we, we, we could go to two flights. So uh, we, we have 37 teams, 38 teams. Is, is 36 is really a sellout if you have one flight where we can stretch it to 38 teams. But – if, you know, the more people that sign up, we can always have two flights next year. And Ooh. it is uh, – we've had to turn a couple people away this year. So, I would say there, if, if you're interested, get on the list and, and, and get a, go to our website and get on that list uh, and, and put your name in there and uh, join us next year. Careful now. That may happen since you mentioned it. People just may start signing up, and you may have to do that, which would be really, really cool. That'd be great. It, it all goes to a good cause. Like yeah. I said, I think cancer has – affected everyone in some way shape or form whether it's family members or friends or someone we know or neighbors and it's you know it's it affects all of us in in some way shape or form and we need to beat it and research is the way to do it and this year i want to mention you know damon goodwin uh, which is dane's dad is Mm -hmm. going to be our featured speaker and damon has gone through a bout of uh some leukemia and he uh, just you know just went through it again for the second time and He's clean, and thank God, but it's going to be something he's going to have to watch. So he's going to be speaking and uh, this year, and and he's you know he's a great guy, great speaker, and we, we uh, and we all we all love Dane. So Dane will be in town as well, and John Mooney's going to be in town. So mm. anybody who's listening and who's golfing in our event, you can golf with John Mooney, or you can golf with Dane Goodwin for the right price. Wow, how about that? Good old John Mooney, a double-double machine for the Fighting Irish a few years ago. Rick, as we start to wind down here, why don't you give it one more sales pitch, website, important data, important information for our great local community who always supports these causes so well to do it again this year. It is CVC, sort of like coaches versus cancer. So CVC, celebrationofhope.org, all the information is on there. More importantly, the link to the silent auction is right there, so you can click that and you can see all of our items. And like you said, Darren, if you want to make a cash donation, we certainly won't turn that down, but bid on our auction items. The auction is going to be open until Monday night, about 8 o'clock is when when it's over. So uh, there's always ways to support us, and if you're interested in in joining us, whether it's a sponsorship next year or a, a team, sign up on the on the website. We'll get your information, and we'll contact you. I haven't looked at the forecast on Tuesday. Have you? So I usually don't do this, but I did peak, and <laughs> it looks like it's going to be a beautiful day, low 80s, a oh, beautiful sunny day. Perfect. Great job. You even control the weather. What don't you do? <laughs> well, it's, it's only Thursday right now. I'm going to get this Tuesday. So keeping my fingers crossed, you know, weather in Michiana changes like the wind. So I'm hoping that it, uh, it stays that way, but it looks pretty good right now. Rick, always good to be with you again. Thanks for all you do with this tremendous cause. CVC, celebrationofhope.org has all the information. And I look forward to catching up with you in person Tuesday out at Blackthorn Golf Club. 
And Dan, thank you. And I'd be remiss to say thank you to WFBT Media. I mean, they're they're a sponsor of ours too, and you guys do a great job for us. And I really appreciate the support that that uh, you guys give us. Thank you, sir. We'll see you on Tuesday. Thank you. You bet. That is Rick Peltz, the chairman of Celebration of Hope, CVC, CelebrationofHope.org. The silent auction item list is really, really cool. Take a few moments and check it out at the website. And if you're playing in the golf tournament, say hello. We'll see you out there on Tuesday. 623 is our time. Our Notre Dame football opponent preview continues in a moment. We look at one of the big boys, the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's coming up on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel won by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chase by Gamble. 20, 10. What a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Herb Smith touchdown. 5-5 rocket touchdown. Irish. Here's your host. Darren Pritchett. Welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on WSBT Radio. My name is Darren Pritchett. Next up in our Notre Dame football opponent preview from the old Big Ten Conference, the Ohio State Buckeyes, who are coming to South Bend in September. Well, Ohio State 11-2 last year. And, of course, they opened their campaign with a hard-fought home win over the Fighting Irish, 21-10. to 10. Then they routed the next few opponents, beating Arkansas State 45-12. They hammered Toledo 77-21, a 51-21 victory over Wisconsin. They rolled by Rutgers 49-10, a win in East Lansing over Michigan State 49-20. They crushed Iowa 54-10, They won in Happy Valley over Penn State, 44-31. Remember that weird weather day in Evanston, only beating the Wildcats 21-7. They took down Indiana, 56-14, and also a win at Maryland, 43-30. The two losses, well, they lost to their rival, the Michigan Wolverines in Columbus, 45-23. But even with that loss, In their regular season finale, the Buckeyes snuck into the college football playoff and nearly won the whole thing. They were knocked off in the closing moments by the Georgia Bulldogs in the national semifinals, 42-41. Hey, let's face it. If they figured out a way to beat Georgia, they probably would have figured out a way to beat TCU. And after losing to Michigan, they almost won the national championship, but came up short to the Bulldogs by a point. This Buckeye football team returns seven starters on the offensive side of the football, seven on defense. Ryan Day, in his fifth year at the helm of the Buckeyes, 45 and 6 his record. And probably most Buckeye fans would say he's 45 and 6, but he's 0 and 2 in his last two games 
against Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. Last year, the Buckeye offense was off the chart good, 44.2 points per game. They amassed 491 yards of total offense, 192 rushing yards, 298 passing yards. But that offense was led by C.J. Stroud, now a Houston Texan. 41 touchdown passes for Stroud last season. Now, the Buckeyes are expecting to use junior Kyle McCord as their starting quarterback. He was the guy against Akron last year when Stroud was out with an injury, and he posted the most passing yards for a first-time Buckeye starter with 319. McCord finished 16 of 20. Mobile quarterback, but let's don't forget that this position, no matter what's going to take a step back, after the extremely accurate Stroud moved on to the NFL, I was just impressed how Stroud ran the football highly successfully against Georgia, not something we had seen from the quarterback in his previous action. What's amazing is they lose Stroud, but the offense, it feels like, can be just as dynamic because they are so loaded at the skill positions. The depth and the quality of talent is alarming. You look at wide receiver, the Buckeyes have two of the best in the country. The guy that could be the first non-quarterback taken in the 2024 NFL Draft, Marvin Harrison Jr., is back. Last season, Harrison, 77 catches for 1,263 yards. He caught 14 touchdown passes, and Harrison became the first Buckeye receiver ever to have three three touchdown games in the same season. Not far behind is Amika Egbuka with 74 catches for 1,151 yards and 10 touchdowns. Ohio State brings back their top six pass catchers. That includes starting tight end Cade Stove, who had 36 grabs for 406 yards and five touchdowns last season. The talent returning doesn't stop there. The Buckeyes return their top four rushers, including a dynamic one-two punch with Trayvon Henderson, a season in which he was banged up, 107 carries for 604 yards and six touchdowns. And Mayan Williams, he led the way with 128 carries, 842 yards, and he found Pater 14 times. Williams against Rutgers went for 189 yards and five touchdowns. And oh, by the way, a lot of teams would take this guy as their starter, Dallas Hayden. He was actually the Buckeyes' leading ball carrier against the Georgia Bulldogs with 43 yards. Now, the offensive line, Ohio State, is down three starters, including first-round pick, left tackle, Paris Johnson, also gone, is the right tackle and center. Now, they've added out of the portal a San Diego State offensive tackle in Josh Simmons. Looks like he'll play right tackle. They do return their two guards, Matthew Jones and Donovan Jackson. One thing about the Buckeye offense, it has been consistently good through the years. They entered this season having scored at least 21 points in 54 straight games. Only 21, though, against the Irish in that season opener last year. To the defensive side of the football for the Buckeyes, last year they gave up 21 points per game, 
322 yards of total offense, 121 of those yards on the ground, and 200 passing yards. It was the first season for Jim Knowles as the defensive coordinator. He came over from Oklahoma State, and it was an up-and-down season for that Buckeye defense. The strength of the defense, you could argue, is up front. They could have another dominant defensive line led by their edge rushers, Jack Sawyer and JT Tuimolalu, who I knew I butchered his name. It went well in pre-show activities, but I bombed there. JT created four turnovers against Penn State. You got defensive tackle Michael Hall. He is a load inside, four and a half sacks, and was a factor against Notre Dame last year. Arguably, Hall is their best defensive player. Now, they've got a lot of experience and quality play returning at linebacker Tommy Eichenberg, the younger brother of former Irish offensive tackle Liam Eichenberg. He is the team's leading tackler, 120 stops for Eichenberg last year with nine and a half tackles for loss. You've got weak side linebacker Steele Chambers, number two in tackles with 77. In the secondary, how about this stat? Since 1997, Ohio State has had 13 defensive backs drafted in the first round. Now, the Buckeyes lost two corners and a safety from last year's team, but in the transfer portal, they brought in a cornerback from Ole Miss and a versatile defensive back from Syracuse, safety Lathan Ransom, the Buckeyes' third-leading tackler last year. He's back. He had 74. And, of course, a backup cornerback this year for Ohio State is former Irish wide receiver, Lorenzo Styles. Some betting notes on Notre Dame at Ohio State. Over the last 10 years, Ohio State on the road straight up. They are 40 and 4. As an away favorite the last 10 years, the Buckeyes have not been a team as likely as you would think to cover the spread. Away favorite the last 10 years against the spread. They're 22, 19, and 1 the last two years against the spread as a road favorite, just three, five, and one. And we would expect, at least sitting here right now, Ohio State would be a favorite against the Fighting Irish at Notre Dame Stadium. From a betting standpoint, you kind of lean toward the Fighting Irish in that situation. Notre Dame's been really good as a home underdog. Doesn't happen very often, but they've been really good recently. So Notre Dame and Ohio State, the two great programs getting back together once again, this time at Notre Dame Stadium. And a lot could be on the line when you think about things that could happen in December. Those four invitations to the college football playoffs. More Budweiser's weekday sports beat coming up next on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. You can listen to Budweiser's weekday sports beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the app store and Google play. Now back to local sports talk on sports beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. Welcome back to the program. 645 at WSBT. Today was day number two of Notre Dame football camp. And we are now just 30 days away from that first Fighting Irish football game against Navy in Dublin. August 26th, 2.30 South Bend time kickoff. 
We'll have our normal pre- and post-game coverage surrounding the ball game right here on WSBT Radio. The Legacy Heating and Air Game Day Show, the interview show, should air from 9 to 11. And we've got Tyler Hork and I with Game Day Sports Beat from 11 until 1.30, kickoff at 2.30, and then the official Notre Dame football post-game show after the game, one-stop shopping at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Very interesting afternoon in Major League Baseball. The Angels fresh off acquiring Lucas Giolito from the Chicago White Sox last night. They're trying to make a push to the postseason. They've decided to keep superstar Shohei Otani and not trade him, even though he's going to be a free agent after the season. They're going to try to make the playoffs. Good start today. They're playing a doubleheader in Detroit. The Angels won game one, 6-0. Otani, a complete game, one hit, shutout. Of course, he's in the lineup offensively in game two, and Otani is at two home runs and the Angels are routing the Tigers bottom of the eighth inning in game two. Angels eight and Tigers three. You're probably not even going to get any offers that come close to the value of Shohei Otani. So the Angels said, the heck with it. We're just going to keep him, and we're going to try to make the playoffs. Mike Trout should be coming back very, very soon, and the Angels are going to try to give it a go in the American League and a good start today and good for Lucas Giolito from California and finishing out this season before hopefully for him a big contract next year I think for a lot of teams that are in the starting pitching pitching market during the offseason this is very important news and the fact that the White Sox traded Giolito means that you're not going to lose a draft pick now if you sign Giolito. Once the White Sox traded him and the Angels took on that contract, they do not get the compensation like used to happen. So the White Sox had a decision to make. They could have taken a package for Giolito, which they did, or they could have kept him if they didn't get the value, and then you lose him to free agency, during the offseason, and the White Sox would have had a nice comp pick, likely after the first round. Probably, you know what, it might be the second round. I take that back because when the Cubs let Contreras go, they got pick number 66 or 69 overall for losing Contreras. So I would bet Giolito would be in that spot. So that's one of the things GMs have to think about. If you're going to lose someone, then – you trade them if you get the value you're looking for. If you don't get the value, keep them. You offer them that one-year qualifying offer, which no one normally takes, and then you get the draft pick. So there's a little cat-and-mouse game. Apparently, Rick Hahn liked the combination of prospects he got for Giolito, a double-A catcher and a double-A pitcher. You look at their stats this year, and you're like, what in the world did they acquire? Now, they're 2-3 and three on the Angels minor league prospect list at MLB Pipeline, but Unfortunately, the Angels don't have one of the strongest minor league systems. Hopefully, it works out for the White Sox. Hopefully, they got the value that they should have gotten for Lucas Giolito. But for a lot of teams in the market for a starting pitcher during the offseason, they now know if you sign Lucas Giolito, you will not lose a draft pick. And that is extremely important 
in today's Major League Baseball. But for today, it's all Shohei Otani. A complete game one hit shutout in game one. Two home runs in game two. Angels on their way to sweeping the Tigers. We have some sizzlers, some sports wagering picks to make after a timeout as Sportsbeat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 